Right, so hi everyone, this is uh, Stuart Love NFL here, checking in with 4th and Inches Podcast. Um, I'm here with my good guys, Sukdeep and Gareth. Um, Sukdeep, first and foremost, I've known you for quite a while, um, but for the people listening in, obviously welcome to joining the podcast. Um, how did you get into the NFL? Well, thanks for having me, Stuart. Um, I got into the NFL around 2007, so I was one of those fans who literally got into it through the international series. So it was one of those things where I'm getting pretty bored with watching, you know, premiership football, seeing the same teams winning over and over again, seeing your Man United's win every season. And I was just watching Sky Sports News and I just simply heard about the NFL coming to London. And and I was very intrigued by it because I did sort of casually follow the sport, but without sort of following the team. So the first game, which was the New York Giants and the Miami Dolphins, um, I watched that. Uh, live on Sky Sports. And from there, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take an interest in watching the sport. Um, my sort of earliest memories of watching the NFL is seeing Chad Johnson actually scoring a, a touchdown against the Ravens. I'm pretty sure that was a Monday night football game. Yes, it um, was. A lot of people might remember he had the Hall of Fame jacket on. Um, sadly, I don't think he's ever going to wear that jacket ever again. But, you know... Um, that's has time to him and his behaviour. But um, from there, I decided to sort of follow a, a team. Um, but I couldn't make a decision on who I wanted to follow. So I did the simple thing of literally just picking a team out of a hat. And lo and behold, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers appeared and changed my life forever. But um, Is that like a reverse lottery win? Definitely the best lottery win. So um, just to put into context, I followed the books in 2007. So we're talking 2007 here. The season when I first started following them was halfway through the season. We finished nine and seven. We made a playoff appearance and lost to the Giants in the wildcard playoffs. We have not been in the playoffs ever since. Yeah, I remember that well. So you can thank me for that, books fans. (laughs) Would you say, though, I mean, it must have turned out quite well, um, being the fact that you're actually, obviously, you're from Red and you support, no, uh, Leicester. 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 <laughs> Leicester. But, but, but obviously, you're obviously a keen Man United fan as well. So did the Glazers play any part? <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, and in fact, with uh, the Glazers, I've kind of had a bit of a bit of a sort of conflict with that because... I'm not happy with how the Glazers have run the books and I'm not happy with how they've run Man United. So it's, <laughs> it's just sort of a coincidence that that happened. Um, I was fully aware when I did my research uh, back in 2007 and found out that, I, that I'd be following the books and I saw that the Glazers owned them. I was like, oh my word, what, what am I doing? But it's just one of them where you just accept it, you know, for what it is. Um, we know we've not got the best owners, but at the end of the day, you know, that, that's my team and I, and I live and die by being a Bucks fan now, you know, and there's nothing going away I from that. I love that. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Um, so cool. Yeah. And the first thing that I did was as soon as I became a fan was literally go on the NFL shop, buy a jersey. My first ever jersey was um, a Derek Brooks 55 jersey in the old red ah, colour, right. which they've yeah. sort of now reintroduced. Um, so ever since then, as I say, I've followed the Bucks through and through of... Um, been to watch them every time they've played at Wembley or at Tottenham. Um, made one appearance in Tampa, but at the moment, um, the likelihood of obviously going to see them in Tampa is probably going to have to wait until another year. Um, we were planning on doing a family trip this year in October, but 
unfortunately, I think with everything going on in the world, we're going to have to pass that for another year, which is sad. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how the books play now in the future, especially with our new quarterback. You know, you might have heard of him, Tom Brady. I mean, it's actually incredible. (laughs) (laughs) But it's incredible to think, though, that could you imagine trying to get a ticket right now to see the Bucks with Tom Brady as quarterback? Oh, my God. I can imagine it's going to be very difficult because with Florida, it's the kind of state where you don't have to necessarily be a fan of that team. You've got a lot of holidaymakers going in just for that intrigue of seeing Tom Brady play under centre. And I think, you know, anyone who's anyone would want to buy a ticket for that. I can imagine it's going to be difficult. I mean, um, you saw as soon as um, we'd signed Tom Brady, um, apparently the... I can't remember the actual percentage, but somebody told me it was like 400% volume of increase in terms of phone calls they were getting for tickets. Um, And even now, I think the Bucks are the number one selling team when it comes to NFL merchandise. And that's not down to, no disrespect to the rest of the roster, but that's clearly down to us signing Tom Brady. So from that point as well, it's it's a massive marketing coup for us as well, a massive cash cow to have someone of that caliber I just hope and pray that he's still got a few years left in him to show that on the field because we, we certainly need success we need it's, it's all well and good getting a marquee player but we need that playoff appearance you know I mean think, I think do you think you still sell the your... jerseys if they were orange yeah I'm pretty certain we would to be honest I wouldn't mind the orange orange jerseys either I was kind of hoping uh, I mean, I'm happy we've gone with the red and with yeah. the computer as well, but we could have maybe d- done away with the white jersey. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have minded having the orange ones, but I-, I think they would have sold. You know, everyone loves um, old replicas, don't they? So mm. why I'm, not? I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Bucks jersey is the best in the NFL outside Steelers, I think. Oh, I've, thank you. I've, sorry, sorry. I've always liked the Broncos as well. I don't know. It's just something about wearing mm. orange, isn't it? But yeah, so you, you say you like the Browns as well, then? No, 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 no Broncos, no Browns, no, no, Bengals, absolutely not. Bengals, Jesus. But I, I mean, I tell you one thing, uh, Suk, I've, I've known you for quite a while now, and last year was outstanding for you at the Spurs Stadium um, in terms of what you do when you, you go around and meet some of the the players. I mean, that was a clean up. Um, with, the, with the Bucks, I mean, absolute cleanup. Yeah, um, sort of. Those who know me will know I'm a bit of a, shall we say, a stalker. Some people like to call me. I don't know, but I've got a hobby of uh, collecting sort of autographs and memorabilia. And I have a good friend of mine, Ollie, who I've been uh, collecting NFL players' autographs for years. And this is how I sort of got to know Stuart was through Ollie, and through them, we're, you know, our friendship yeah, yeah. has grown. Um, so last year, yes. Um, I sort of got in touch with a couple of the books players on Instagram prior to the games, you know, just telling them who I was, that I was a big fan and that I'd be having seats near the tunnel, you know, so a lot of the players um, actually recognised me coming in and out of the tunnel. Um, And it was great because I ended up getting, um, started off getting a towel from Matt Gay, just getting one of his sort of game (coughs) towels. And then at the end of the game, despite, the books losing quite heavily and embarrassingly. The the memory I have from that day is getting gloves from Mike Evans, um, OJ Howard, um, Levante David, and Scotty Miller. Um, so just having that, you know, memory 
of having having that in my house is just you know amazing. I look at it, you know, every few days, and I just think, wow, how lucky am I to have something, you know, that memorable. You know, the first time the books are playing, you know, at the new Spurs stadium, it, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing when I seen that, and I, yeah. I have a similar story. Obviously, I was over with Paul Brown uh, for the the Steelers Browns game in Pittsburgh um, on the third of December. Um, and after the game, you know, Jamie Gillen, the Scottish Hammer, came over and gave me his game-worn jersey. And it's still got the grass marks on it. And he personalised it to me. And things like that are just absolutely incredible. Oh, I mean, definitely. When, when, when you get that, you're like, wow. And I've got that framed. Have you actually framed any of that stuff yet that you got? Well, not yet. I mean, to be honest with you, I've because of the amount of the collection I've got, it's not just the books players. I mean, throughout sort of the international series of been collecting merchandise it's literally just wrapped up in sealed bags um at the minute and the plan is to uh convert one of our bedrooms into sort of like a a memorabilia room so the plans are there at the moment uh i think with everything like you say going on everything's a bit on hold at the minute so as soon as um i'm allowed to venture out there'll be an ikea shop for sure where so is that a nice way of trying to say that it's a man cave but you've just not told the wife that it's going to be the the man cave. Well, the way I've, um, I hope she's not listening to this, but the way we've, uh, the way we've sort of um, worded it is it's going to be a, a room for the kids to play. <laughs> yeah, right. So on. there's going to have a TV, a PlayStation, yeah, yeah. NFL game you can pass, smell the light. You know, something, something the kids would enjoy. Yeah, you know? yeah right. Um, I, 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 so that's the plan. We've got an attic that we haven't converted yet. And I keep Googling how much value it adds to your property if you do it out in any way, shape or form. That, that you can, you know, a place you can just escape to. But I, I just be upfront and say, yeah, I'm just going to chuck a little money. It adds no value, by the way. It adds no, no. value just to make your way. Oh, well, I'm going to tell her. Is she listening? Before, um, before we move over to Gareth, I remember having a conversation with you. Did you not actually speak to one of the Bucks players' mother? And she sent over a personalised jersey oh, to God, you. Oh, God, I've actually even forgotten about this. This is absolutely yeah. embarrassing. So um, it, it was a strange one. So another hobby of mine. Um, God, this is going to sound so stalkerish. So, um, <laughs> um, I'm into um, something that we call TTM, which is through-the-mail autographs. Now, what that is is where you write to players either at um, the facilities, you know, the training ground or the stadium, or if you're lucky, you come up with a home address, you know, you find a home address. And what I did last year was I wrote to, I have a habit of each year writing to every draft prospect who's joined the book and is. So I sent a letter to every draft prospect and nine times out of 10, you get nothing back, but you get the odd, you know, return, you get, you know, like a signed picture or a letter from the player, which once again is another part of my memorabilia. And um, it just so happened that I was on Instagram and Sean Murphy Bunting was on um instagram and i just happened to send a message saying oh by the way sean i've sent you a letter have you received it um and it was liked by his mother Uh, i didn't know his mother at the time and then i I got a a private message come through and uh she's like hi i'm sean's mother uh sean really loved your letter um he would actually like to send you a jersey can i have your address and i thought am i being scammed (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) Am I being scammed? You know, I, I, I didn't know what was going on, but I, I saw obviously her Instagram profile. I could see she had many photos with Sean and clearly was his mother. So I took the plunge, gave her my address, and sort of two weeks later, up popped to Jersey, you know. 
um, personalized to me. So that is another item which um, is most definitely going to be framed. Um, but yeah, it just goes to show how humble the NFL players are. And I think that's another reason why I love the sport because mm. I know we're going to go on to talk about the NFL draft, but you see these players, they come from such humble beginnings where you have these premiership footballers who come in you know, with silver spoons in their mouth at 16. Yeah, they have everything. Yeah. They have absolutely everything. And then, well you, put, along, well along, and then you watch an NFL draft and it's like, it's like, it's like watching a really sad movie because half the time, you know, some of the players' stories are so unique. Um, and we'll go through that. And obviously when we discuss the draft prospects, but they're so unique stories. Each and every single one of them has some sort of hardship. And I love that. I love the fact that these players come from such hardship backgrounds and become such fantastic players and role models for, for we, generations, which I think is lacking in this we country. Do, we don't know hardship in the UK like a lot of people in, in America do. I, I think, I don't, I, you know, I don't like to play the, the, you know, the poverty, playing poverty off against one another. But when, you know, if you look at Winston, Zuck and I spoke about it, if you look at Winston in hard knocks and when he goes back to his family, you know, and if you look at the you know, you've got to say it like the conditions that the house is in and, and, and that kind of thing, you know. And you, you look at the places these players are coming from, and it not only shines a light on inequalities in, in, in America and the United States and most Western democracies as well. But if, if as someone from the UK, if you drive around even deprived areas of Wales, like in the valleys um, or Glasgow, still, you know, in Scotland, we really do, we, we yeah. really do have it so much easier than, than some inner city communities in, in America. We really do. And we always will do, I think, as well. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I've been very fortunate over the last sort of seven, eight months to, to forge a, a friendship with Jamie Gillen, the, the punter of the Cleveland Browns. Um, and he was over in my bar uh, just at the start, tail end of February. And he was telling me just how difficult it was for him to get into the NFL without being drafted, without mm. anything, how he got a scholarship through Facebook. Um, and there's some stuff I can't disclose, and I know he'll actually listen to this podcast because um, I'll message him, but he was just telling me this, you know, the, the hunger in these guys to try and make it into the NFL is incredible through the college um, system. And the fact that he managed to get there is an incredible story. And he said the bullying... The, the, the torture that he went through from the players because they were like, you're from Scotland. What what the F are you mm. doing here? You know, you don't deserve this opportunity. And all of a sudden, he was at Pine Bush and then obviously was um, taken on by the Cleveland Browns. And I, 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 I mean, I spent quite a bit of time with him through February and the, it was unbelievable just to hear how difficult it is. So I agree with you guys when you say that, you know, in the UK, you know, all of a sudden you're playing soccer from a youth level then all of a sudden you're getting signed into an academy the next minute you're earning two yeah, but a lot of these boys yeah but a, lot, the a lot of these boys are going to play soccer yeah right so you know take Wayne Rooney you know he's from Toxteth if he does if he didn't make it at Everton he wasn't going back to a neighborhood where he was he was statistically preordained to be killed before the time he was 35 where there was you know there was people selling drugs on street corners you know and it, it's it, it's it's a different level of inequality, you know, and I think that's why they strive so much to get to claw their way out of it. And if you if you look at if you look at Juju Smith Schuster's draft video, right? I mean, he's fairly middle class, you know, but the way that they had like 
his entire family in his house. And as soon as his mother, as but soon as his mother, you his mother's just reaction. Incredible. His mother's as soon reaction. as his mother heard Tomlin's voice, yeah. Yeah, as yeah. soon as his mother heard Tomlin's voice, you know, she burst into tears. Now that now that's a guy who came from a relatively wealthy background. Yeah, if you look at someone like Winston or or even Brown, like you know, God knows all those boys saw growing up. So, but it, but then again, it makes it all the more incredulous when they react so adversely to authority when they when they get in the NFL and when they cause problems themselves. But then again, that in itself can be explained by their upbringings, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, anyway, um, thank you, Suk, for your introduction. My pleasure. Um, great, great to know how you became an NFL fan and why you support the Pittsburgh... Um, hey, hey. Sorry, the, the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, Gareth, Gareth, uh, welcome to the 4th and Inches podcast. How did you become a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and how did you get involved or into the Thanks NFL? Thanks for having me, man. It's, it's been great so far. So... So I got into the NFL through my dad, yeah? So my dad and my mother split up when I was fairly young, and he had a kind of an early 30s crisis, yeah? So he grew a ponytail, he became a DJ, and he started getting into American things, yeah? One of them was ice hockey, um, and the other one was NFL. So he had a video called Crunch Time. Have either of you seen it? No, I'm not. Right, Never, so no. you YouTube it. So Crunch Time was a video produced by NFL Films, um, and it it list it, it listed like the the hard nosed players of the time, right? So you had Dick Butkus in it. You had people like Randy White. You had Larry Zonka. You had Howie Long, defensive end for the Raiders, and legend. You had Mad Dog Mike Curtis of the Colts. Um, and it was it was basically running through players that people feared, yeah. And it gave them like a profile on, on each of them. I remember watching. I was on VHS, and I was I was really young. I must have been about I don't know, maybe like eleven years old or something. And the only stealer on there was Ray Mansfield, who was, who was our centre. He was talking about like Butkus going out spitting on his hands when he went out to the centre before he took a snap. And, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Took yeah, a yeah. Snap kind of thing. And I didn't really think much of it. I used to like watch a video, and then I got into the Steelers after. It was Cowers' first season in 92. And I got into them because my the place where I'm from in Wales is a place called Tybalach, was the home of Richard Burton, Michael Sheen, Anthony Hopkins. It's in Port Talbot, yeah? This, but it's yeah, also yeah, next yeah. to what was at one point, the, one of the well, it was the biggest steelworks in Europe. And also, Tybalach Rugby Club, which I had a few runouts for, playing black and yellow. So when I was looking for teams to support, it was a bit of a no-brainer. So I kind of gravitated towards the Steelers because it spoke to my, you know, working-class blue-collar roots, um, and they wore the same colours. And it was the year after the London Monarchs won the World Bowl at Wembley as well. I, I can't remember who they played. So football was in the limelight. So that's how I got the Steelers, and I just kind of latched onto them. And there wasn't much to. I used to listen to Pittsburgh radio then on like Winamp through the 90s and real player when it came in. I used to watch highlights of Channel 4 and on tape them. So the, the first game probably I saw the Steelers would have been a highlight. So it was Cowers' first season. And then I just kind of followed mostly like individual players rather than the, like I followed the team. But I like I latched on to like individual players throughout the 90s and I used to like get news of them. So you had the people like DeMonte Dawson at centre. We didn't have much on offence in those days. You had Bettis and Foster. Obviously, running back, Yancey Sigpen, wide receiver. 
we've got big defensive players, you know, big DBs, you know, Carnell Lake, Woodson, you know, Kevin Green and Kirkland, the linebacker, you know, and they just always seem they just yeah. always seem to be a straight up in your face side. Um, you know, with with Cower, with Cower's face was just like, you know, the guy's just a walking talking cartoon and he so he, he was just great value. So yeah, and it just kind of went on from there then, you know. So and then Stewart, Cordell Stewart came in in 96 and he was like the first, you know, marquee player apart from Bettis that I, I was all like starry-eyed about and then the less said about Tommy Maddox, the better really. And I remember we went 92, the first season, we went 11 and 5 and lost, and yes, lost to the correct. Bills. Yeah. Um, Story. I was talking to Zuck about this like yesterday. So it, it, you know, it's been the story of the Steelers since Noel. Really, it was, it was a story of Cowers' career. We um, he never really emulated the success in the regular in the in the in the postseason, the other regular season, and that Rams game. You know, in '93, when Bethis wasn't playing for us, he beat beat the crap out of us. Uh, shutout loss. I remember watching that on Channel Four, and then it was the '96 Super Bowl, and. That was the first time I remember feeling massively part of what, you know, what I consider to be you now the best fan base in the world. You know, I was a working class boy from South Wales who wasn't massively into football. And, you know, I, I supported Swansea City, who were terrible back then. We were in the old fourth division. Um, we had Frankie Burrows as a manager. We, 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 didn't, we didn't do very well. And we played Super Bowl 30. Lost to the Cowboys, O'Donnell threw in two interceptions to Larry Brown. Well, I was just yeah. like, I was just like, I didn't like, you know, they had those big, massive 90 shoulder pads as well. You know, that, that like, and if somebody put a hit on someone, you know, the jersey would ripple. Um, and I was just absolutely hooked, man. And, I, and then I read a book called The Fans Notes by Frederick Exley. Um, which is an account of his time as a Bears fan, uh, sorry, as a New York Giants fan in the in the fifties, sixties, and seventies, um, and that kind of laid bare the the psychology of the NFL and American football and, and what it meant to be a fan. And it was all about this word like meritocracy, you know, because it seemed to me that even though America was being billed as a land of you know racial inequality and economic inequality and that kind of thing. What I've always respected about the NFL and what I continue to respect to this day is how it's the quintessential meritocracy in sport in that if you're good enough, you're on the roster. If, if you're better than the person next to you in the depth chart, you're above him in the depth chart. You know, it doesn't matter quite often about personal relationships and that kind of thing. You know, those things do, do take into account. I mean, if, you, if you're unmanageable, you're, you're unmanageable. But it's... Actually called American football an island of directness in a sea of circumspection. That circumspection being life, you know. So and, and I just love that. It just it just really kind of resonated with me, and I just just been hooked ever since, man. Just just love the Steelers, love what they're about. Um, you know, blue collar, blue collar team. Um, love the Roonies as owners. I love the fact we've only ever had four owners. I love the fact the prima donnas never really last long, and they just get turfed out. You know. Um, you know, those big games we played in. Who are you talking about there? Sorry? Gareth? Who are we talking about? Who are you I mean, talking about I just there, can't think honest. of a recent comparison. I can't think uh, of yeah. anyone. Yeah. Funnily enough, right, about Brown, right, which I may or may not have been talking about, 
like, have you seen the stuff that, I mean, I, I've got to kind of play not devil's advocate, whatever the opposite of that is. I've got to kind of have a go at us a bit. Have you seen the stuff like that just didn't really come out when he was playing for us? You know, that just wasn't really publicized. It wasn't known like, you know, w- within the Steelers fan base, like the things that he did, like in the club that, that's now come out and it's been endorsed as well by senior players. So anyway, we, we can talk about Brown later, but yeah, it's, it's just the who he thought. And, and uh, it's if when, when you make a comparison with, with soccer, and I don't like to be, you know, it's it's, it's a lazy comparison because they're two completely different sports. That they're they're a completely it's a different fan base. There are different levels of technicalities and and that, and that kind of thing. But I I just I yeah. just can't ever envisage anyone telling me that you know soccer is is a meritocracy, which is what the NFL is. And that's what I love about it. And I've just been massively hooked ever since. You know, my got my kids into it. Um, I go just go mad at every game. I scream at the telly again. Like had like one in the morning, keeping the misses up. You know, um, yeah, I just love it. It's, it's everything. It's, it's absolutely everything. And like I suppose the aspects of it that I love most are the the technical play by play aspects. So um, I bought Thinking Man's Guide to Football, and I I was you know. It, it was my go-to toilet read for like two years. <laughs> I just had it by the side. <laughs> and on he went, like, you know. But I, I, I love reading about like um, retrospective analysis of things like the 6-1 defence and, 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 just, and just players that have shaped the game. Like our own Mel Blunt, you know. You know, just, I, I, love, I, love, the, I love the ethos and, and the mystique and, and the mythologies of the NFL as well. You know, and I, I, I love the... I love just the way that it's, it's, it's woven into American culture is um, and, and how, you know, the, the two were just, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. You know, it, it is America for me. It, it is America. It's, 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 it's everything good in the yeah. new world, as they say. And yeah. You say with so much passion. So much passion. Well, you know, it's, it, no, it's, it's, it's like, I, you know, I tried to get all my friends into it, right? And what I what I find myself, I'm really annoying sometimes to watch a game with, right? Because I, you know, I, I like pausing it and saying, like, well, you know, like this is what the quarterback's looking for you, like, you know, and, and that's where he led him in his eyes, and he's, you know, he's read too deep or he's read single high, and and that's why, like, the, that's why the receivers like opted not to do the slant route, and and this is what Brady's doing now, and and that's what Ben saw over the top, you know, and and this is why Shazier called a defensive audible, like. All of that kind of stuff, you don't get it in any other sport. You know, you just don't. Exactly, you can break it down. The, the athletic intelligence to someone, you know, from a you know a, a boy from South Wales who was presented with rugby and football, which and I absolutely love rugby, but th- there's just no comparison, you know. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it's been you know, and it's been, it's been a love love affair ever since, really. So here I am. Mm. No, that's an amazing story, actually. And, and and going back, you know that that nineteen ninety six game, you know Dallas Cowboys Pittsburgh Steelers, the twenty seven seventeen game. Oh my God, that I broke my heart. It. I was. I just can't believe it. I was fifteen that game. I, I, well, the MVP was Larry Brown yeah, that yeah. game. Um, and this is this is actually quite funny because a year ago today, um, I actually was in the presence of. Um, Michael Irvin oh, yeah. of the, yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was with um, 
who who else was there to be sucked deep that that night? It was a Willie McGuinness. Um, yeah, I'm, I wasn't there personally. Um, yeah, I was I was up in Newcastle, and it was um, it was just unbelievable just sitting, you know, with with, with uh, Michael Irvin. <laughs> And, and just listening to his stories, and we actually spoke about um, that game, and he was just talking about Larry Brown, you know, cornerback, yeah. and I just remember just yeah. being, you know, I was like 15, 16, and being absolutely heartbroken at the time. And the other one was uh, Kurt Warner. Um, oh, yeah, there. yeah, and I was there yeah. with Kurt Warner, and he had my son on his knee, and we were talking about the, the Cardinals um, Super Bowl uh, with Steelers in Tampa, and he was just talking to me that last drive, oh you know, in the, the San Antonio Holmes yeah, yeah. catch. And he was telling me this with my son in a Steelers jersey on incredible. his knee. I'll send you the photos. Absolutely I remember incredible. you sending me that. It was amazing. Yeah, and, and he had my son Axel on his knee. And I was like, you know, Kurt Warner, what was that like, that last sort of two, three minutes of that game? And he's just like, Ben Roethlisberger, the first throw failed. Second, he's like, it was incredible. It was like, you could never envision that that catch would happen. And he was devastated. You could actually hear it in his voice. He was devastated still to this day. Um, and, that's, and that's one of the, the amazing things um, when, you, when you get to meet these guys. You know, even though they've been through these Super Bowl losses, here he is sat with my son on his knee wearing a Steelers wow. jersey. And he was just so humble, so professional, sat yeah. there with Michael Irvin. I'm sitting there talking about the 1996 Super Bowl, just like, yeah. Wow. Exactly. I think the players um, appreciate, you know, when fans are there to ask these sort of questions. I, I remember actually seeing um, Michael Irvin at the Spurs game, the, as in the Buck Spurs game, um, before it started. Because um, he was, um, they, they were obviously doing the broadcasting there. And um, he was obviously a very ill health uh, only a year before that. I remember just asking him, saying, oh, Michael, how, how's your health? And he just looked at me and he just put uh, his hand on my shoulder. Uh, I'm not joking. I had goosebumps, and he was just like, "You're the first person to oh, ask me that fair today." Play, man. Thank you, you very going. much for I'm asking. My nose, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow! Wow! Like, <laughs> wow! Like he really. He, so the, you've never his, told me that. You've never yeah, told me that. Remember, don't tell you that. No. No, because so, because I wasn't at that game. No, no. So it was literally um, outside the stadium, um, just at the press box. So there was Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, Rich Eisen, and um, I can't remember Steve Mariucci. Is it? Um, so it yeah, those four Mariucci, guys. Yeah. And yeah, I, I literally just cornered him, and I was like, I need to say something to him. And I, and I thought the first thing I'm going to ask him is how his health is. Because at the end of the day, I think you've got to show a level of compassion as well to these people. You know, the, you, you know, you're not just there just to sort of get an autograph or a photo. You want to show them that you know genuinely yeah, well, respect. Yeah, you know, absolutely. My, my my meeting story. So I went to the Cardiff NFL fan forum, right? Uh, and it was it was brilliant. Yeah, and they had Christian Kirksey on stage. Yeah, and me and another Steelers fan were selected. To um to go up and like we basically had to try and block him, <laughs> and, uh, it, like it obviously didn't work out too well. And he's you know he's not a massive he's not a massive player, but he was huge on stage, and um we didn't show him any respect. We just gave him a continual rundown every time, yeah. And he he showed us what it meant to be a yeah uh, an NFL starter. Like, but yeah, that's my only meeting an NFL player story really. When I met Christian Kirksey. Um, give him a lot of shit before we started the drill, uh, and then he popped me on my ass, and that was it. 
Um, Gareth, Gareth, have you been to the international series? Yeah, games yeah, I've been to a couple. I've, I've met a player though. No. Ah, uh, have you have you been to Hainsfield? No, I'm my my first. We go in October. Yeah, I've never like I've, I've only really nice. I've 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 struggled. I mean, I've, I I was a bit of a nomad. Like I lived in London for a while. Never really had a load of money. Didn't really settle, but um, got a good job. Now, you know, nice family, yeah. so we're doing well. So it was it's my it's my fortieth in October. So we're going to fly to New York, renting a car, rent a Dodge Viper, and then taking the I think it's the I eighty across into Pennsylvania. Um, I just did it, and I just did it in uh, December. There, uh, me, Paul Brown, yeah, and we, gonna, Davis, I guess uh, we flew into JG. JFK we tips off um, went down to Philadelphia. Tips off Philadelphia done the rock. I I'm um <laughs> Yeah and then and sorry, then... go on. No, I, I, I saw I'm, I'm a big I'm a massive ice hockey fan as well. Yes, I'm a big Cardiff Devils fan, go devs. And um love my Pittsburgh Penguins as well. Um yeah Sandy Crosby. Top man. So I I'm that's, all, that's all you need to know. Ice hockey, ice hockey is that tournament? That's, that's exactly that, what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what I'll do, one. I'll I'll, yeah, I'll bring you down yeah. to the Devils game, yeah, and I'll, you you come you come in your James Torville get up, yeah, and we'll uh, <laughs> and we we'll see uh, we we'll so far you get. Yeah. So no, yeah, I know because I know I know you got I know you got like spangly suit there. This is my spangly leotard waiting in your cupboard, and you've just been dying to crack it out. I'm looking at my oldest daughter's leotard right now, thinking I can squeeze into you, that. You must have a you must have a Diamante Tartan leotard there somewhere that you can crack on. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so we're gonna go I eighty in in the, in the Pennsylvania. Then we're gonna catch a game at the Paints Arena. We're gonna catch a um, Penguins game, and um, we're gonna do Heinz, and then um, yeah, drive back to drive back to New York. But I tell you what, right, I was doing my research for it. And me and the missus, yeah, Airbnb for the four days, hire in the car with game tickets for both games and spending money just under two grand. Honestly, so cheap. Didn't think it'd be that cheap. The flights were cheap. The, 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 the tickets for the ice hockey was dirt cheap. And I think it was about, I don't know, $90 for, for the for the Hinesfield game, for the Hinesfield tickets. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Well, I know, I know two two guys will listen in because I'll be tagging them in. But Zach Banner and uh, Jamie yeah. Gillen, um, I'll definitely try and sort you with some uh, nice happy nice tickets um, for, for for the game. But you can do it a lot cheaper. As I said, we went from New York, uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia straight into uh, Pittsburgh, and it was about thirteen hours driving all in, like there and back. It's 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 quite a big journey, but it's um, it was really cool. But just going back to what we we're talking about earlier about in terms of what soaked deep when he spoke to Michael Irvin, there's another guy in the NFL UK community which is an absolute diamond, is Neil yeah, Reynolds, Topman. and what he's been through yeah. with his wife, what he's been through with his wife as yeah. well. And this guy, honestly, was you know the I won't go too much into the, the abuse that he gets. Why, why, blah, 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 why is that? What he brings. Yeah, why does he get, right? Because this guy, uh, right? If you, I think it's yeah, but the thing is, right? If, if you look, it's because it's, people think he's just, I mean, I know, I've, I've read him for years, right? And people think that he's just a journalist, but he's not. The way that he's grown the game in within NFL Europe as well, you know, um, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, the guy's like a one-man marketing machine. And for those of us who work in the private sector, we know how difficult it is to convince people to watch things and buy things and get interested in things. I just why why do people why do people rag on him so much? 
as as Suk just said there, it's absolute jealousy. Um, what have any of you listened to his new podcast? No, I, haven't, at I, the haven't, I, I haven't seen it. I, I had it tagged in for tomorrow. Absolutely, is on fan, it, isn't it? Fantastic. It, yeah, he just released yeah. one with Bruce Arians just there. And uh, last week, it, well, or sorry, two weeks ago, it was with uh, Fitzmagic. Right, Fitzpatrick, yeah. Yeah, and it, absolutely incredible. But but what Neil brings to the community is, is and, and I remember when Suk told me this, and it just stuck with me for the last two years, is he is a fan that's living the dream. Well, not really, because he's a Dolphins you know, fan. All, all, <laughs> I know, but all... <laughs> <laughs> But all, every one of us right now are doing this because we would love to be involved in journalism or, or be involved in the NFL in some way. But Neil Reynolds is just basically a fan that is living the dream. And he honestly is the most humble, honest guy you could ever meet. I mean, I'm good friends with him now and I speak to him on a daily basis. So you've met him countless times. I mean, you were, he was in, actually in your hometown with um, Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah. And right away, he knew who you were and... He recognised me, asked how I was. You know, absolutely lovely yeah. guy, you know, to speak to. No matter how busy he is, he will find the time to at least give you a quick hello, you know, or acknowledge you in some sort of way, which at the end of the day, he's got a job to do as well. He can't just simply sort of be around. And if you go to his... If you go to the NFL uh, UK shows, you will see the guy is really funny. He absolutely captivates the audience it's not just about the players that you see neil actually brings that show to a, a, I, I, a different level absolutely and it's so funny because there's a lot of people uh, we were down in birmingham uh, when we met fitz magic um, and it was a lot of people saying wow i can't believe just how different neil reynolds is on stage as he is on sky tv and i'm like yeah because he's scripted he's actually doing a tv I show he's on stage. I, I thought when he did the fan forum, I, I thought he was pretty much the same, but in a good way. He, he was affable, and you know, God rest his soul, Kevin Cadle was there with him in, in, in Cardiff, and the way that they were bouncing off each other was was pretty much the same, you know. So I, I actually thought he was he was quite he was quite similar, you know, because I, I I him and Reinbold are just you know just throw money at those blokes to keep working together, the two of them, because they're just such amazing oh value. Because what I what I love about what I love about Jeff, right, is my 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 partner. She's not that much. I mean, she is into the Steelers, and I you know I, I got it because she's got to be. It's as simple as that. You just got to watch her. It's on. Um, but you know, R- Rainbows, he's one of those characters that's got like. He's got he's got breakout appeal of me, you know. People, I've got mates that like watch him for a laugh because he's just this. He looks like he's come up with Point Break with Patrick Swayze, you know, and and he he just wears these outrageous <laughs> shirts. And the next thing you know, he's he's best mate to Rob Ryan, and it's like, what what where did they find this guy from? Like, you know, what I mean, he looks like he just, you know, he's like a billabong rep or something. But but in, in but the way that him and Reynolds work together is 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 brilliant. And you know, I go back to it. I really, you know, I do get why people. Give, give him so much rag, but it's just, it's, it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. No, me, me and, me and Suka are exactly the same. You know, I'm obviously involved in the NFL UK on a social media level and I, I speak with Suka every day and we both absolutely lose our rag, you know, when people turn around and just give that guy so much S-H-I-T. Don't want to say too much on there, but it's just what he's, what he's built and what he's allowed. I mean, look where we are today. Could you imagine where we were 15 years ago if you had said where we are now 
forget the coronavirus, but where the game has grown in the UK and how many people love the game, you would say yeah. no way. There's no way that we're getting, there's no way that the Jags are playing back to back games. There's no way we're getting four games in the UK. There's the only, demand for tickets is. It's insane. Last season, how crazy was it to get a season ticket? It's insane. And everything just goes into absolute meltdown. And yeah, I understand and I feel sorry for the fans. But it's just like, wow, we are here in the UK right now where we could actually have a franchise in the UK. No chance. Now, I know we're... we're we're going we're going a wee bit <laughs> off the chart at the moment, but it's love, lovely to be talking. But what is your views on a franchise in the UK? Second go. Do you want to start, Gareth? <laughs> Gareth, listen, listen, right. I mean, I I'm, I I can't envisage life w- without being a Steelers fan. Okay, uh, they you know I like to think that they embody everything that's good about the sport, everything that's good about being competitive and. You know, playing hard and fair, and that kind of thing, and oh, but also, I just, I also couldn't. I mean, as a boy, I was growing up supporting Swansea City, right, which was tough because they were shit, they were crap, right. I, I was never one of these players. <laughs> I was never one of these kids in school to follow Man U as well and Liverpool or you know or, or whoever was doing good. You know, Man City, Chelsea. I was a Swans fan. You know, uh, come rain or shine, and it was mostly rain. Until you know 2008, 2009, it's when Martinez took yeah. over. So why I just it, it's it's anathema to me to want to support another team irrespective of where they are. You know, I'd want to see him do well, right? Absolutely, I'd want to see him do well. But I, would I support them? No. Do I think there's a call for it? Yes, I do. But I'm I'm going to be slightly controversial, not for the sake of it, and say that. I, I I uh, I don't know. I I just I I I think that it would it would I don't think they detract many fans from the existing fan base. Should we say? Or maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm the odd one out. I, don't know. See, I absolutely disagree. I mean, I've been very fortunate that um, I've I've been involved um, thirteen years now um, with the NFL UK on a social media level. Um, I've seen it go from nothing. I remember the first NFL UK live shows. Um, the first one that came to Edinburgh with Jeff Reinbold was way back in 2010. Six people turned up. Only six people turned up. I go back to last year, you know, yeah. there's five and a half thousand fans in Edinburgh. Um, I go back to the first game. It was um, Dolphins Giants. I'm just trying to remember now. Yeah, Dolphins Giants. Yeah, 2013 when I was there. Half empty Wembley. Now we're going to what was it last year? The worst, the worst game that everyone was saying was, what was it like, the Shaka, know, tell us. Bengals, Bengals, <laughs> Beng, Bengals Rams. There were still, <laughs> there were yeah. still, 80, there were still eighty-three thousand fans turned up for that. Yeah. Eighty-three thousand like? fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Jags and Jags and. <laughs> Quiet sex, do. I didn't go to the first <laughs> Vegas game either. Yeah, I was, at, I was at that one actually. So was uh, Ollie, yeah. which is I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think, another great I don't think Winston was at the Bucks game, oh. There we are. <laughs> yeah, but, no. but, but for me personally, um, 
I, I genuinely believe the demand is there. Oh, absolutely. I think that we could definitely have a franchise in the UK. Yeah. Um, I'm a diehard Steelers fan. You know, your Steelers, Sooks, and, and all these Raiders. But I would actually come down from Edinburgh for the eight games, whether I have to get a night bus for 20 quid on National Express, go to the game, but I would get a season ticket. I would support you that team. If the team was... Yeah. Yeah, if the team is in our div- division, I would still... Sub- so if that team was playing the Steelers, I'm a Steelers fan. You're not going to break 100%. my heart, I'll steal you. But for the other... But for the other... <laughs> no, I'm not going to break your heart. But for the other... But, but for the other seven games, the other seven yeah. games, I am going to be the, the London Monarchs, the London Patriots, the London Jaguars, yeah. the London... London Towers, they got to be whatever. Towers. I, right. No, I agree. No, no, no. I, I agree. I, I agree. I would, I would support them. Okay, insofar as I would want them to win, but I don't. I couldn't envisage buying a jersey and sticking another team's jersey on. And I don't want to be sanctimonious and all bloody high-minded about it. But I, 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 I that's the only thing I'd stop at. But other than that, two right dead root for them. I would, and I'd be shoved in the telly as well. I would bring it, bring it on. But the way, but the way. No, but the way that, for me personally, that you grow the game is my, my my children are still young and I've got them in all the Steelers gear. But if this London franchise was to come over, I would get them that gear. They're the future. They're the future of the franchise. You know, this is not about us because you can't change us. But for your kids now that are going to the games that were there last year and the year before that are 7, 8, yeah. 9, 10, 11, Sooks, lads, a young guy, they're the future of a new Definitely. franchise. You target that young, you target that young audience, and you go there. And I would just go there supporting them, as that's yeah. your team. But I'm still a Steelers fan. Sook's going to be a, a, a Bucks fan. You're still going to be a Steelers fan. But I, I genuinely believe that uh, the UK could have a franchise, and it would be it successful. Could, could. And what's what's promising as well is I know this sounds a bit mean, but there's no other region in the world, in the EU, or anywhere else. That, that you could conceivably see the NFL going to as well. If they're going to go anywhere and break out, it's going to be London. Oh, absolutely, 100%. 100%. I just can't see the fans. I mean, if you look at the fans in Europe, um, one example that springs to mind is the Seahawks fans. You know, they had so many fans from all over Europe, in Germany, Holland. Can you really see that generation of fans or their children? following another team like I just can't see it like you said your son supports the Steelers he's followed in daddy's footsteps how is he going to certainly transition into a team in London how will he have that connection I, 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 just, I just don't I, see I, it I, yeah. personally and I just can't see how I'm going to invest eight weeks of a team you know when I've got my own team already I just can't see how I'm going to invest eight weeks because quite frankly now I'm at the stage where my Bucks fandom is I plan to go to a game every year, at least one game a year in Tampa. Yeah. I don't want to waste, waste or invest my time going to watch another team. Stu's Stu, all about it's spreading just not the love. for me. You, you just, you just got to spread the love on me. You've got, you got to spread love by name. <laughs> You've got to spread the love. I, I think, I, I th- I think <laughs> it'll be new fans. I do. I, I think it'll be new fans to the sport. And I think that the NFL are marketing geniuses, and they will get new fans with a new franchise. That's mm. but for me. For me personally, I just feel it's going to be the Jags. The the NFL have invested so mm. much 
and bringing the Jags over here. They've built it up so much. They're now playing back-to-back games. Sad Khan, is it? What's his surname? Is it Shire Khan? Shire Khan. Shire Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was trying to buy Wembley. Yeah, no, they, they told him where to go for that. I just, and it's just the London Jags make sense because all of a sudden you've already got the fan base there. It's not like you're starting from scratch mm. and it's going to be the, yeah. you know, the 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 London COVID co- London coronavirus <laughs> or the London whatever. No, what, that would, whatever, no, no, whatever no. If anybody from NFL is listening, don't call it the London COVID. The COVID, for God's sake. Oh, yeah, the, the COVID, the COVID still, 19. Still, thankfully, you know? <laughs> you're just in charge of the Facebook page, mate, because that is the worst name for NFL team. <laughs> London COVID. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sook. Sorry. I'm, I'm just silent now. I have no comments yeah. to make Do on you know that. what? But yeah. I, I personally. I though, buy personally, that jersey. I, I don't think. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just going to say, I, I personally think that the way the NFL is, it's a marketing machine, like you said. They want to generate as much revenue yeah. as they can. They're just going to increase the numbers yeah. in terms of teams, yeah. is the way I look at it. So, in my opinion, what's going to happen is the Jaguars will stay in Jacksonville and they will probably look at getting two more new franchises, one possibly in London and one Wales. in some other American city. So, that that's the... Well, there's, there's, there's two cities missing a team right now, which is St. Louis and San Diego. Well, I think there's better markets out there than those two cities. Where, know... where, where would you put another team? I'd love to see somewhere around one of those southern states where... But the, the problem you have there is college football is massive there, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, Alabama, yeah. Alabama, yeah. your Oklahoma's, but football, they're so hungry for football over there. But I guess the problem is with the southern states, they love their college game, don't they? So uh, somewhere like San Antonio, like another team in Texas, I don't think that would be a miss. I've heard a, f- a better talk about that, so no, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. yeah. Should we talk about draft? Yes. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Just been talking absolute shit for London the last one hour, but it's been yeah. absolute Apologies, guys. Pleasure. I hope, hope you're yeah. still awake, guys. Pilot episode. It's, it's pilot episode rules. No, you're allowed to. Exactly. <laughs> So, are you guys going to be up for the draft? Yes, hundred percent. It's just going to be so interesting to see how this actually pans out. It's, it's a just a virtual draft. It's just how how do these teams deal with this? How do you, the players deal with this? You it's, you got to be annoyed, you? If you're if you're top thirty two pick, you're like really a virtual draft. I want to go to Radio City. You know, I I want the bright lights. So yeah, they they're gonna be annoyed. But I I Well they were supposed to be going on boats in Las Vegas. Well, it, what was it? Up to the Bellagio. Yeah. And instead they're gonna be in Roger Goodell's basement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Along with some, no, actually no, I'll just shut up. From going there's, there's nothing else in Roger Goodell's basement worthy of note. But um yeah, I I, 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 I think that there was so much money at stake. It was Yeah, so Suk, I absolutely agree. I mean Texas could do with another team. 
Um, but going on that, I think we should wrap up this podcast. It's pretty crazy, actually, to think that this is a pilot episode. I think we should actually go live with it. So with that, do you guys have anything else you want to add before we actually close out the podcast? Yeah, I just want to sort of thank everyone and you guys especially for letting me do this. Um, and I hope for those of you, you know, who are listening, that it's brought you a bit of normality, um, you know, with everything that's going on in the world. You know, I just hope that this podcast, if anything, has brought you some sort of, um, you know, just some sort of happiness, really. Just, you know, listening to three random guys, you know, an Englishman, a Scotchman and a Welshman talking about, you know, what the game that we all love. So, you know, just want to, you know, wish everyone, you know, the best wishes and hope you all stay safe. And that's it, really. No, absolutely agreed. I mean, we're all going through tough times at the moment. Um, and it's, you know, I'm five weeks in isolation already. And obviously, I've, I've been separated uh, with the wife and kids. So being in the house on your own, you know, it's 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 not good. <laughs> and, you know, and people do have mental health issues and stuff like that. So if anyone's listening um, and wants to speak to us personally, because I've been through it, I'm sure you guys have been through uh, some mental health issues and it's no laughing matter. Um, by all means, DM us. You know, you've got Souk on Facebook, you've got Gareth on Twitter and Facebook, you've got myself on all platforms because I'm one of these whores on the social media <laughs> social media level. But by all means, if you just want to talk and reach out, we're all here. This is what this podcast is all about. It's a podcast for the fans. Um, exactly. And yeah, exactly. So how about you, Gareth? Anything you want to close out with? Just the same, that echoing Zuck sentiments, really. Thanks to the two of you. Uh, and new to podcasting in general, you know, in terms of doing one. Uh, it's been a learning experience, and, you know, I'm a grower, not a shower, so hopefully I'll get a bit better and uh, <laughs> uh, ease my way into it. So looking forward to the draft and, you know, focusing on team needs now over the next couple of days. Um, anything to take my mind off, you know, what's going on, really. Um, you know, everybody's got their own coping mechanisms, and the NFL is one of them for me and a lot of other people. So... Yeah, just stay safe and every day above ground's a win, man. You know, we we still you. No, absolutely amazing, and I'm so I'm so glad to have you guys on board. For anyone listening, when, once this goes live, is basically um, this is the first episode. This episode was never actually meant to be. Uh, we're actually meant to record tomorrow, but it's just been so good. It's been so raw and just organic that we're just going to release it. So. Might be a few editing issues here and there. I'm just getting used to using the, the platform that I'm using. But anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Um, thanks to you guys and have a great night. Take care, Stuart. Peace out, man. Take care, all. Take care, guys. More star. All the way. Right, bye, guys. Ta-da.